This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Anderko, where the saints show us how it's done. And sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Julie tells their stories to help you find hope, inspiration, and direction to show how the saints discovered and accomplished God's mission for their lives. Jane is out for a horseback ride and she takes a different route this day. There's a lot to consider, a lot to ponder and pray about. Her life has been turned upside down. She's 29 years old. She's been recently widowed and she has four young children. So she goes on this different route and she sees a man. She doesn't know who he is. He doesn't see her, but when she sees him, she hears interiorly this message. This is the man beloved of God and among men into whose hands you are to commit your conscience. She had lost the love of her life, Christopher. He'd been killed in a hunting accident. She was a baroness. There wasn't a monetary issue to deal with, but she just didn't know what to do with the rest of her life. It was expected that she would remarry and she wasn't feeling like she wanted to be a married woman anymore, like she wanted to remain single. So there was just a lot going on. She doesn't see him for a couple more years. And how this goes on is that she's at church with her four children, two years later, sitting in the front row of a pew in a church to hear the Bishop of Geneva preach. And when that Bishop gets up there to preach, it's the man she saw. And he is Francis de Sales, and she is Francis Jane de Chantal. What she doesn't realize is that he also recognizes her, not from that day two years ago when she was riding a horse, he was unaware of that. But in prayer, previously, the Lord had revealed to him that he would found a religious congregation. And when he saw her, he realized it was a step of faith that she was the person through whom he would found this religious order, that this was God's will that they meet. Now, she was an unlikely candidate. There she was. She would be 31 at this point and four children, some still very small. I mean, it was very unlikely. Nevertheless, he asks her brother, to arrange a meeting and he does. And they meet a few times and they, they visit and they talk in a family environment, just kind of, they both had this knowledge of the other without sharing and then it spilled out a little bit enough that they're willing to enter into an official arrangement, spiritual direction given by Francis de Sales and her to be the directee. So they enter into this relationship and it's going to last a couple of decades. And in this time, 
they go from spiritual father and spiritual daughter or director and directee to deep spiritual friends equals because she grows in holiness and they're more contemporary, but she does still receive direction from him. So over time, Jane gets her children set in their educational pursuits and into, into the marriages and her life is, is rather set. And she and Francis do found the order of the visitation of Holy Mary and they're called the visitation sisters. And this was no small doing. And it was something that was really needed because even though Jane was going to be the foundress and, and the mother superior, she had to still from time to time leave her congregation to tend to family affairs. She had children. She would have grandchildren. There was another life that she was obligated to. And so this order was set up for women who maybe through health reasons or age or family obligations couldn't adhere to a strict cloistered life or some of this, the strict adherences of some of the orders. So there, it was almost like, okay, you are called to be a sister. You are called to give your life to Christ. Here's a way you can do it and make vows and, and belong to a religious order and still manage your obligations. So this was, this was visitation sisters that she founded. And in her life, there would be, before she died, and she died in her 60s, there would be over 80 monasteries established before she died. So this was no small feat. And on this subject of spiritual direction, just a personal note from me, when I desired a spiritual director, it took a decade, over a decade for me to get a spiritual director. And in the meantime, I read the saints. I read Introduction to the Devout Life, which is a book of spiritual direction. It's like Francis de Sales just directing you. And you could read it to the end and then just start over and do it again. There are some great books written by saints that can serve as spiritual direction as you wait for that person in your life. And sometimes maybe like myself, I needed to grow in, in maturity and in spiritual growth before I was really ready for one. And I would have thought I needed one, you know, but it was a decade. And then, and then, I, then I was given a spiritual director. Uh, and, and I just want to ask you to pray for him. His name is Father Giles Dimmock, and he's a Dominican priest from the Eastern Province, and he's in hospice right now. So would you please pray for Father Giles on my behalf? I'd, I'd so appreciate that. He's really been through me, with me through so many things so many things it's just the value of a good spiritual director is is amazing it's a different kind of friendship and it's it's just that and it was you know long distance we just telephoned but jane and francis had to write letters because he traveled and so they didn't live in the same area so they wrote a lot of letters and we have many of his letters and some of hers to glean spiritual direction from so Everything can be kind of hybridized. It, it, God will make it fit if there's somebody for you and be patient and, and pray for it if you don't have a spiritual director. One of the things that, that Francis really had to help Jane with early on was unforgiveness. She 
was having a hard time because her husband was killed in a hunting accident and her life was just an ideal life. It was everything she would have ever wanted. She was married to Christopher and she loved him and they, and he loved her and they were practicing Catholics. They took care of the poor. They did all these things. They were raising a family. Their children were young. Life was just the best it could be, you know? And then he's killed in a hunting accident. Well, actually mortally wounded and dies a week later. And it was preventable completely. It was through the negligence of his hunting partner, his friend. It takes a week for him to die. And when he's dying, he forgives this man and he asks her to forgive him. She can't do it. She's just not able to. Because of his negligence, her life is completely falling apart. And he goes to this extent. He puts in his will that if anyone avenges his death, which was a practice in those days to avenge someone's death, if by, by going and killing them actually. So if anyone avenged his death, let's say his sons grew up to manhood and then they go and kill that guy, something like that. Those are things that happened. <laughs> and so in the will, if you avenged his death, you were disinherited. So he did what he could to set things right before he died. But this unforgiveness, this was one thing initially that Frances had to help her with. She got to see him regularly enough. And this was necessary because as time went on, she's going to establish this religious order and she needs his guidance. So they get together periodically and there'd be a list, a list of everything about creating the visitation order, what to do, administration, all of that you can imagine. There would be a, many parts and pieces, how to guide these sisters. And then she would have a list of her own because he was her personal director and much of the time then was given over to this work. But she still desired to receive from him his guidance and, and his love and, and his care nurturing of her soul. And so she even wrote about it because she would miss these meetings with him. And I'm going to read to you what she wrote. When I allow my heart to feel the incomparable joy of kneeling at your feet again as you give me your blessing, and I see this happening in my mind's eye. So she's daydreaming about her next meeting with Francis. Then I am suddenly overcome with sadness and tears start. For I shall know I shall weep when in God's mercy I see you again. But I turn quickly away from the thought and don't allow myself to dwell on it. It is impossible for me to long for a meeting of set purpose. I leave everything that concerns me entirely to God and to you. So she's, she's letting him know in a letter the desires of her heart, but leaving it entirely to him and to God. And so it, she saw that obedience to him was the same as obedience to God. But there comes their last meeting, and this is eventful. She has both lists, and he has limited time. So he says, we need to deal with the issues of the visitation order. These are pressing, and, and they're time sensitive. We got them. And so she acquiesces, and, and her list of her heart's desires and the things that were personal to her that she wanted to discuss with him get slipped into her pocket, but promises her the next meeting, that will be the priority. The next meeting, we will take your concerns there. We're going to deal with them. And so he leaves and goes on his traveling uh, agenda that he has to do. 
Well, he dies within two weeks. And she doesn't get that meeting with him. He dies suddenly of a stroke. And so when his body is laying in state, and it's what's in a coffin, and it's staying there until the burial is prepared, which is going to be some months later. So his body's kept in a coffin in a visitation church, and she gets permission to go to it. She goes. She pulls out her list. And she goes over all those things. And she's confident that he was caring for her on this earth for these issues and that he will care for her from heaven for these issues. So she takes all the time she needs to go over all of this with him. And then she leaves satisfied that she's been heard and that she will be answered. Jane demonstrates the belief in the communion of saints when she goes to the body of, of her friend and speaks with him. She gives witness to it. That is there for all of us. The communion of saints is there for all of us. We can take our concerns. We can, we can go to Francis de Sales. He, he wrote for us, but we can pray to him and he can help us. So can many of the other saints, including Jane de Chantel, who I think is a saint for our times. Saint Jane de Chantel, pray for us. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with author and speaker, Julie Anderko. For more about Julie, visit her website at catholicfinishstrong.com and follow her YouTube channel, Catholic Saints on Mission. You can find previous episodes of Your Next Mission from God on the free Hail Mary Media app or your favorite podcast platform. Your Next Mission from God is produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.